Hello and welcome on in episode number 53 of the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm John Tortorelli with my co-hosts Brennan Capazello and Justin Ray. And today we have Thanksgiving football to cover and discuss. Patriot fans, what a joke that game was. But how are you feeling this Friday afternoon or Friday morning? Full and disappointed. Those are my two words. What about you, Brandon? Pretty good representation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really good Thanksgiving for food-wise. A good, Brandon, a good. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Football, actually, real, honestly, it was a good day of football games. Oh, was it? Was it a good day of football? Yes. And I don't still know. not the best matchup, Justin. No, 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 no. Still not the best matchup that you could have put on. Still not the best matchup she could have put on. Let's turn back the clock. When we got into this whole thing about Thanksgiving football, when we saw the slate of games, and you guys are so disappointed. And what did my little old me said? I'm just grateful that there's football. And watch. There'll probably be some good games. You just never know. And what did they turn out to be? Pretty solid games. I mean, the Giants-Cowboys one was good for a while, and then it got stale, but it wasn't a terrible game. The first game, Lions-Bills, awesome. Patriots-Vikings, without my Patriot fandom involved, great football game. Can't complain. I don't want to hear nothing no, about Thanksgiving football listen, you guys again. Where are the storylines? You don't need it. Yes, you do. It's a you didn't you do. First off, okay. You want, a, stories. you want a storyline? Okay. Lions looking to show out, win another straight, what, four straight games. The Bills trying to ride uh, to get hot again. Giants, Cowboys, rivalry, NFC East, both with the same record going into the game, fighting for first place, fighting for a playoff spot. That's a story. The Vikings, are they real? Are they not? The Patriots, are they good enough? to get into the postseason is mac jones the guy boom enough storylines for me no i'm just saying that listen i can give credit to where uh, credit is due but it's not the best slate of games you could have put on put on like if everything was like if injuries you know didn't attack this team the rams you can't tell me that the rams and chiefs should have been on shouldn't have been on this week um you got the titans and Bengals. both teams with positive records that could have been on but all in all, it was a good day of football, Justin. Nobody's complaining right now. I'm giving the credit where it's due. But still, they can do a better job by putting better games on. Watch them next year do that and watch all three games be shit shows. See, now you're being a negative Nancy. And I don't no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna I don't be... appreciate that. I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate that. Not negative Nancy, just honest Abe. That's it. No, I don't appreciate it. Watch it happen. Real quick, what did the top four Thanksgiving foods to y'all ranked? Oof. Turkey. Wrong. Is gravy its own thing or is that it's no. not its own thing? Okay, no. so turkey with gravy, obviously. Wrong. You already had a bad Thanksgiving. What's two? Tur this guy. <laughs> like turkey's not the foundation of Thanksgiving. Are we kidding me right now? I'm Puerto Rican, so I go number one, bed me. Uh, no, okay. Go ahead. Go. I want to hear your number two. Everybody go. No, because you want to, you want to, you know, be fancy and stuff oh, and be like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. turkey. All right. Stuffing. Big stuffing guy here. Mashed potatoes. And a nice biscuit with butter on it. That's Brandon's meal. This, this Thanksgiving wasn't entertaining. You're a little bit low. I think turkey for me would be number three or number four. Now, I do That's respect fine. mashed potatoes and stuffing in the top three. I think they are both top three. I would go turkey at three, behind stuffing at one, mashed potatoes two, and then somewhere in there, I'm, I'm a crazy pumpkin pie kind of person. I had a, a lot of it last night. If we're going to include that, I'd actually have that number one. That's my fair part of the day. Okay. I didn't know we were doing desserts. If we're doing desserts, then I think maybe apple pie with ice cream is like number two for me. Oh, yeah. You warm up the apple pie. Warm up the apple pie. Warm up the apple pie. Put two scoops of ice cream. If you got some whipped cream, go crazy. All out. Okay. Number one, I got bed knee. Number two, yams. Can't go wrong. If made correctly, 
it is excellent. So yams are number two. I'll go pie, number three. Rice and beans, number four. And then I'll go turkey, number five. With the gravy on it. It can't just be plain turkey. You're a I respect it. I think it's good. Now, with all that being said, I think I have the best list personally. But Justin, I think you and I are in the top two right there. Talking yeah. about Thanksgiving football, fellas, it was pretty good this year. Three close games that could have won either way. Starting off with the Giants versus the Cowboys at 18 or 18, whatever it is, stadium in Dallas or in Arlington. I was looking forward to this game. You get a five-star matchup with Andrew Thomas versus Micah Parsons, Saquon Barkley versus these these Cowboys, and then Dak Prescott had himself uh, a rocky day. But in the end, the Cowboys got the W. Now I'm going to say it, fellas. I just still don't believe in the Cowboys. I don't trust Dak, I don't trust Dak Prescott. They had 13 penalties yesterday, some of which was probably the rest, keeping the game a little bit closer on Thanksgiving, sure. But this Cowboys team leads the NFL in penalties this year. And when I watch this defense, you have Micah Parsons. And you have Diggs. You have one of the best groups, one the best pass rush. But I just don't trust Dak Prescott. Bcap, for some reason you do. What was your takeaway initially from this performance by Dallas and New York? See, here's what I don't understand. You don't believe in Dak Prescott, but he literally showed you the uh, mental fortitude of what it takes to be a great quarterback in this league. He had a rocky first half. Didn't play that very well. All right, He threw two interceptions. But then in the second half, clean game, played great. Him and CD are finally finding that connection now. Michael Gallup is looking healthier. The run game, you still got that one-two pop. Zeke is, you know, he's a touchdown guy. Give him the ball near the goal line. He can get you that touchdown. I believe in Dak. I've already told you. The rookie season playoff performance, made that made Dak for me. So – I believe in Dak's intangibles a lot more than other quarterbacks in this league. While he might not be as talented, I believe intangibles intangibles are more important than talent. And he's got talent. He's just not the most talented. He's out there, I mean, wheeling and dealing. He was he was balling yesterday in the second half. Him and CD, CD really started. I mean, CD was on one yesterday. That guy was, he had two insane grabs. One didn't count, but it was, it was that close to counting. CD is starting to show it. Now he's got it, like I say, consistency, sustainability. He's done it the last couple of weeks. I got to see it throughout the season. And then we can start talking about, okay, maybe CD is this true number one wide receiver. You know, I, I came at CD Lamb. I don't know if you guys remember this. Very early in the season where I, I was like, dude, you're wearing number 88. You know, I got to see some production like that I got to see the Michael Irvin the Des Bryant like production out of you and uh yo this Thanksgiving he showed out he really did and like you said the one that didn't catch first off I was nervous as hell about it I didn't want it to, to count because I had a bet on the game but what an insane grab CD Lamb is, is is really developing into a real number one for that Cowboys team and you know I know this was about Dak Prescott so I'll just say this not every game is supposed to be pretty. Not every game has to look like an MVP caliber performance. So the Giants are a tough team. They brought it on Thanksgiving early, at least. And then second half came and the floodgates opened. They couldn't make a stop. They couldn't. The Cowboys offense was unstoppable. CeeDee Lamb was open at every moment it felt. Dude, I, I just really don't think uh, we can judge Dak Prescott based on this performance solely because, like I said, not every game is going to be pretty. Cowboys did enough. They won the game. That's what they're supposed to do. Now they're second in the division. Eight and three. My issue with Dak, fellas, he has not won a big game his entire career. And this year he's gone off to a slow start, sure. This game against the Giants, he's playing against Noah Dora Jackson, who's out after last week. And Fabian Moreau, Giants starting safety, leaves the game. Whether or not the Giants would have had an answer for CeeDee Lamb, Ultimately, this game against the Giants shows you can't lean on Dak. And I think for the Cowboys, defensively, they won the day. The Giants got zero sacks yesterday. And yes, they had a very good second half against a depleted Giants defense. Like, that secondary, secondary is not good. You look at it down the board, they've dealt with so many injuries this year. And it's impressive the Giants were in this game 
up until the fourth quarter. At the end, they got the garbage time touchdown, so it wasn't as close as 28-20. to 20. But at the end of the day, I say to myself, it's the same old Dak Prescott. Nothing's changed. And with Mike McCarthy, I don't know why you guys are so high on this team just because of the pass rush. Because these are the matchups you have to win convincingly. Daniel Jones had himself a good day, and the Giants as a whole played well. But that's like a middle-of-the-pack team. And we're looking at the Giants. They've lost three of their last four games. We all know they're not a real playoff team. They're competitive, they're well-coached, and they can win close. They're playing, you know, they're definitely punching up their weight this year. But these are the types of games we need to come out and win convincingly. Last week versus Minnesota was strong, but it wasn't led by Dak. And I said to myself, against the Philadelphia, against the San Francisco, and even a Tampa Bay, I don't trust Dak to go out there and win against any of those three teams. Am I the only one here? Like, this is the Giants. Look at that defense. Yes, the you are the only one. I mean, is is the Viking was the Vikings game not a big game? The Vikings defense just got cooked yesterday by Mac Jones. It's not a good secondary either. But I'm just Many saying questions. though. I'm just saying though. You were saying the Vikings could be in the NFC Championship game this year. They could, but I really don't believe that. After, I mean, they won yesterday. We'll talk about yeah. That. After after what? After they got blown out by who? The Dallas Cowboys. Their defense. Their offense got shut down too. Justin Jefferson was mitigated to what? Looking like an average wide receiver out there against Dallas. The O-line was Dak. getting worse. I, I believe in the Cowboys defense is special. It's a top three unit in the league. But this is the ultimate team sport. And when I look at See, you trust teams, Jimmy, But you trust Jimmy Garoppolo and Jalen Hurts, though, over Dak. But that's what I'm not I saying. I trust like, those two teams to mask those two quarterbacks' deficiencies. And, and the Cowboys Mike can't? McCarthy. Kellen Moore and okay, the Cowboys so that's team your main easily. concern. I don't Kyle think Shanahan your main concern is Dak. Hold on. More. I don't think your main concern is Dak Prescott. I think your main concern is what we all concern is Mike McCarthy. That's what I think your main concern is. I think if we all thought if this team had a a Sean Payton or somebody like that, you wouldn't be having those same concerns. You would be believing in this team. We've seen Mike McCarthy win a Super Bowl fair in Rodgers. So the root of the Cowboys' deficiencies is their quarterback and Dak. I think he's a franchise guy. But I still don't trust him to win the big one. And then Jerry Jones hires Mike McCarthy. So the duality of one of, in my opinion, the worst coaches in football, it's where I stand, and a very inconsistent, unreliable quarterback in the highest levels, those two things offensively, when I stack up to Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo's performance, that 49ers offense has so many weapons. Sure, Odell Beckham, who I think is going to sound like the Cowboys, can make a big difference. And C.D. Lamb that right now is playing out of his mind. But that 49ers offense with CMC, Kittle, Debo Samuel is probably the best player to the catch in the NFL. Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell, I trust that team more because their defense is in the same exact class as Dallas. That's why I trust that team. Kyle Shanahan, he is what kind of shields or kind of masks Jimmy Garoppolo's concerns. And we have seen Jimmy Garoppolo win the big one time in and time out. Last year, he beat Dak Prescott, and they both played poor games. Why? The 49ers are a better team with a better head coach. And they did that, by the way, on the road. They were a 6 seed last year that started off the year below 500. So, of course, I trust San Francisco a lot more, getting healthy in this point in the season, and I usually trust Philadelphia more. We've seen it before our very own eyes. Lane Johnson did a great job against Micah Parsons. Philadelphia matches up very well against that Dallas defense. Those Cooper Rush. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm with you on your 49ers take, that, but that's about it. Because I really don't see Philadelphia looking like this team. I think this defense is good enough to, to mask whatever shortcomings that you see of Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. I, I really do think so. I think Dak Prescott's a way better quarterback than Jimmy G. It's just which defense is going to step up, which, who's going to be the complete package when it really comes down to it. And what I'm seeing out of the Cowboys defense is looking like a team that can mask those shortcomings. I mean, outside of the game against Green Bay, they've looked spectacular. One thing those Cowboys teams of the past didn't have was a player like Micah Parsons. Now they have that. That's their impact guy. And if they do go get Odell, doesn't that make doesn't that make you feel a little bit more comfortable about Dak Prescott? I feel more comfortable about Dak. Yes, yeah, performance is gonna put up bigger numbers, but I feel like the Cowboys' strength offensively is running the football. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard's a beast. I mean, the explosive plays gash in opposing teams. You can make the case if he had his own backfield as a top ten back. And Zeke yesterday had a hell of a day with ninety yards. The Cowboys' offense 
should be built upon the offensive line in that running game. But I feel like with the 49ers, I have more trust in the play calling, the designs, and beyond those two things, late in games, whereas I think the Cowboys tense up. Mike McCarthy, not good at time and clock management. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in football. And I know B-Cap, for some reason, I don't like Kyle Shanahan because of the blown Super Bowl leads, right? He had it in Atlanta, and then he had it with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019. But at the end of the day, if you're going to go between Mike McCarthy, right, and the Cowboys leadership, the infrastructure oh. of an offense, or San Francisco, so long as the 49ers are healthy, I trust them. And then I come back to Philadelphia, guys. James Bradbury and Darius Slay would eat Dak Prescott's lunch money. I'm very confident in that. And I think Philadelphia, when they get Jordan Davis back, with those reinforcements they've added in, Linval Joseph and the Dominican Sioux, they're not starters. They're just being worked into the mix. So with the depth that the Eagles have in the defensive line, and of course their ability to get to the quarterback, I think they're a much better matchup against Dallas than Dallas is of a matchup against them. Because of how good their offensive line is, how dynamic their playmaking is, and most of all, their secondary I read an article on The Athletic, basically cast-offs to cornerstones. Darius Lay and James Bradbury, guys, that's the best cornerback duo in football. And there's really not much of a debate. I don't think there's any shot. And then you add in the guy from New Orleans at safety as well, playmakers all over the back ends. I feel like for Dak Prescott, that matchup's Trouble City. You said a lot there. Um, one thing you said that is completely not true is that I'm not a fan of Kyle Shanahan. I believe he's a top 10 coach in the league. Is that not being a fan? I've just brought up his shortcomings, which is a fact that happened. I'm not wrong in bringing those up. He was a part of both teams. One thing I think that, I mean, I'm not going to say Kyle, uh, Kellen Moore is on a Kyle Shanahan's level in, in terms of offensive scheme, but he is very good. All right. And you say this team should be leaned on the run in the offensive line more. They kind of are. They're hitting it with these two guys. And, and you're going to tell me right now, like, if those two guys are going Zeke and Pollard, that offensive line is healthy. They're playing an elite level. And then you got play action over the top with the C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, who's looking healthier, OBJ coming back, Dalton Schultz, freaking Jalen Ferguson, I believe that kid's name is, that hurdled the uh, the young dude on the Giants. Like, you're, you're not bringing up the fact that Dallas has a bunch of playmakers on offense, too. And yeah. Dak's a way better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo or Jalen Hurts as a thrower of the football. Don't look. Mm, he is. They've never put up numbers that Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott has put Jimmy up. Jimmy Garoppolo has put up numbers in the regular season. He's put up numbers. Dude, again, da Jimmy Garoppolo is like the fourth or fifth thing you bring up when you talk about the 49ers' success. So I don't want to hear it about, about him. Dallas? What are the top three things when they play a good football game this season as to why they won? This season? Well, first off, Dak Prescott has been injured for a little bit of this season. So This is a new Cowboys team. You view them as a Super Bowl contender, so this is different than last year's team. Well, I say that they can win a Super Bowl, but I don't believe they're going to win a Super Bowl. Let's they're a be contender completely team. honest. Okay, yes. What are the top three things? Unit by unit. I would say defense, right? Well, like specifically, pass rush, secondary. Michael All right, Michael Parsons. So just like Mike as a whole, and then the pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence flanking. Okay, fine. If you want to go, that's why I'm saying defense a whole because there's also Trayvon Diggs is out there. You got Leighton Vanderesh who's having a, a, a career resurgence. These guys are playing out of their mind right now. So that's why I want defense number one. That I would probably say the rushing attack number two. Running attack probably number two. And then Dak Prescott. Oh, I'm going offensive line before. I was going to say O-line. Now The O-line's not what it was, but it's still very good. Zero See, sacks again, you're, you're saying and that then because Dak I'm Prescott going to land. I'm going these tight ends before he's Dak. He's coming off an injury again. But this is the same quarterback. We've seen the same exact but guy for the last six years. And you're bringing up the game from six years ago. The last time you saw him in the postseason, he was a train wreck against San Francisco. And so is Jalen Hurts, and Jimmy Garoppolo missed a... That Buccaneers matchup was terrible for Philadelphia gets the best rush defense in the NFL they are going up against. And Dallas isn't, again, 49ers defense isn't great either. Like, we're going to ignore that point. The, the 49ers defense isn't great? The That's what I'm they, saying. You said it was a bad matchup for Jalen Hurts. D Dak Prescott faced the 49ers defense. They're not great? They are. 
Thank you. Thank you. But I trust Philadelphia as a whole because of the coaching. I think that can better support and really shield some of those weaknesses. Those fourth right, well, quarter We haven't seen Nick Sirianni in the playoffs, though, either. He still has some proving to do, too. Yeah, but I trust his coordinators as well more. And the team as a whole is more complete. Cool. Okay. I think yeah. Philadelphia has more depth in the trenches. Their offensive line is a step up above Dallas. Dallas is a good offensive line. Philadelphia is the best in football. And when it comes to tight ends, yeah. Jake Ferguson and, of course, Dalton Schultz. How about freaking the guy in Philadelphia who's working his way behind Zach Ertz, a stud back then, he's and still is a stud now, but he's coming back later in the regular season. We don't know what he's going to be, though. Like you said about Tyron Smith, you said we don't know what he's going to be. And he's playing even tougher position because he's got to go catch the ball and take hits. I, I think, I think John, I think you're concerned about a lot of nothing right now. I think the Cowboys are playing their best football. Mm -hmm. And... That's really it. They're one of the hottest teams, if not the second hottest team in the NFC right now. Philadelphia has proved themselves to be time and time again. And as I, I've praised them throughout the season, I've said they're battle tested, but they have proved to be vulnerable over the last couple of weeks. They've had some tight games. They should have lost that game to the Colts too. If they lose that game to the Colts, do you look at them any different? Probably. I think the Colts are really on the radar right now because the right now on. is really good. Matt Hold Ryan's on. playing well, and they have a ton of playmaking. But yeah, Hold that's on. right now. That's all. Hold on. What's up? Yeah. Hold on one second. Because John, I, I remember John said something earlier. Th they beat the Giants. Like, we're going to take this seriously. And this was the guy that was saying he believes Daniel Jones could be a franchise quarterback. Talking out of both sides. No, I mouth, didn't. John. I never said you that. Did. Pull the tape. Uh, Pull the tape last episode. I edited the show. I believe I've never heard Daniel myself say Jones that. Can be, no, you said he, said he can be. Lips. Uh, to my ears, you said Daniel Jones can be a franchise quarterback. But then again, Brandon, nine times out of ten, yeah. Because I, I think Daniel Jones can be a better version of Jimmy G. I think he'd be a really good game no, manager. Okay, That's an above-average QB. You can't use – no, I'm not letting you use devil's advocate as an excuse to get out of a stupid uh, point that you made. You can't say that unless you say it during the show, right after you said it or right before you said it. I'm going to play devil's advocate with – and be, playing devil's advocate is not putting your stamp of approval saying he could be a franchise quarterback. That's not playing devil's advocate. And Daniel Jones played pretty good yesterday. Let's talk about some of the throws he made, moving the pocket, getting out, making missed. very good throws, and letting the play develop. There were a couple of plays in the first quarter and a third, and that touchdown, or should have been a touchdown, on the one-yard line to mm -hmm. Darius Slayton was a beautiful throw. It was almost what like about that the, Kirk Cousins, like that Kirk Cousins throw against the Patriots. Great ball placement. What about there the Saquon two. Barkley fourth down he missed? You said the quarterback's got to hit flat. Saquon could have hit that pass. He could have caught that. They hit him right in the hands and he fell over. He, he can't. He could have. I mean, no. don't blame that on Daniel Jones. Saquon was open. Saquon fell and dropped the pass. Yeah. There were other plays too. Richie James earlier on. Better pass. First pass, Richie James drops one. Later in the fourth, he catches a huge one on third down. You look at these weapons in New York. I'm saying if you put Daniel Jones in San Francisco, he can be an upgrade version of Jimmy G. That's a good quarterback. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, man. And I don't think it's crazy. Daniel Jones the played kid, relatively well yesterday. The guy, the guy that's only thrown for three, barely over 3,000 yards once but, in his career. Buddy, the guy that if you take you away his number two receiver, has, his t most touchdowns in, in the NFL is 11. The guy that has never played a full season, that's the guy that you believe can be an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. That is laughable and stupid that you just said that. Why are you hating Vanilla Vince? Stupid you just said yeah, John, that. John, I think you're pushing it. You guys are out of your mind. This is Daniel Jones's first season with an actual head coach. Brian mm -hmm. Daly. And he's great still job not there. playing. Like, oh my God, he's not Okay, but that, that's like, where we can talk oh. weapons. See, this is this is where I can play both sides there. Yeah. You, you, you're gonna, you can't crap completely on Daniel Jones without looking at Dude, if you're great, you may Darius Slayton is his number one. Better. Darius Slayton is not if supposed to be a number one. If you are great, you make players around you better. That's yeah. why you are Just great. Just like what Brady did, your point, 2019, huh? We ask, we ask great players to make others better. That That is one thing that determines good from great. And Jalen Jones ain't even good. He's a good backup quarterback. He's not a starting caliber but, but, quarterback. But you know, but you can't you can't say that. Yeah. You can't just yes, say great, no, you can't him. just say great players have to make other people better immediately. Some you're right. But this is a young quarterback that hasn't had any opportunity to actually develop. Any opportunity. Saquon's always been injured with him. Always. 
His weapons okay. are never healthy. When was the last time Sterling Shepherds played more than 12 games? Even a good quarterback would show you something. Uh, He's shown you nothing. Evan Ingram. This is where I have to jump. played a full season. This Oh, my God. Brandon. I don't understand why you're defending Daniel Jones. Number one, I said Daniel Jones is good. I didn't call him great because Daniel Jones is not great. I feel like in the 2019 draft, he was a reach for the Giants. But I'm going to list off to you, PCAP, some of Daniel Jones's receivers yesterday. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty certain, if you don't think Daniel Jones is good, you have never heard these receivers before. And if they gave you their last name, you would never, if we were here for three hours, be able to guess their first name. That's the type of weapons he's working with. So number one, Darius Slayton, 63 yards on six targets. Darius Slayton's a good receiver. He's more of number three. In Buffalo, he'd be number four, Josh Allen. Richie James. Then get ready for this. Justin, you're going to like this. Isaiah Hodkin, Hodgkins. Isaiah Hodgkins. Have you ever heard that name, B-Cap? No. Okay. Next one up. Chris Miriak. Okay. After that, we have Lawrence Kager, Gary Brightwell, and then Saquon Barkley. So when I look at this Giants offense, it's been depleted in many ways. Kenny Galladay has been an absolute no-show, and shout-out to a great quarterback in Matthew Stafford who made him $60 million guaranteed. Sterling Shepard has not played. Kadarius, literally, Kadarius Tony had hamstring injuries to both of his legs at the same time and then got traded. So his top three weapons have not been available or just good. And in spite of that, the guy is 7-4 and four this year and played pretty darn well. He's been constantly under duress. The last time he played Dallas, he couldn't even get out of the pocket. And he's shown the ability to make many different throws. He can move the pocket. He can get out. He extends the play. I don't think he's great. I think he's an above-average quarterback. That's good to me. Not bad, given... After the season, oh, the, the Giants are probably going to franchise tag him. I hate kind of this new wave it. of just everybody gets a handout award now. Everybody, like if everybody's above average, if anybody can be above average, then nobody's above. Then this is like, what are we talking about here? We got to be actually honest as people when you're evaluating stuff. Like we seriously got to be honest. And there Daniel are people Jones. that are not good. There are people that are bad. And we have to call it out as we see it. Jones is playing good football and he's improving this. I don't care the ball, winning the Giants games, five fourth quarter comebacks. He's played a very good season. And with how young he is, there's an upward trajectory for him when he get him some real receivers. Talking about the Giants, guys, I feel like this offense, it's it's pretty straightforward. This year they've relied so much on Saquon, and Daniel Jones has been good, but like Brown said before, you know, Daniel Jones is not great, and so he's not gonna elevate some of this talent. I feel like he's not Giants, good. I feel like for the Giants, they're going to miss the playoffs. And they started off the season 7-2, and two, looked very good. They've now lost back-to-back -back games. Last week, Daniel Jones did not have a great day against the Lions. Had two bad interceptions. Last night versus the Cowboys, he had zero picks to doubt Dak Prescott's two. I look at this Giants schedule to end the season. You have to play the Commanders twice. And maybe I'm just sniffing the funny stuff here. Brian, you had the Commanders making the playoffs this year. And it's not with Carson Wentz, they're winning football games right now, but Taylor Heineke. I want to get a quick initial reaction to you guys. When I look at the best divisions in the NFL, I think the AC East is the best. But number two, with four teams with zero losing records, is the NFC East. Who Brandon also conveniently called the NFC East coming to the season. For both of you guys, number one, do you think three teams make it to the playoffs out of the NFC East? And number two, if that is the case, you know the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be safe picks between the Commanders and the Giants. Which one will be making the playoffs and which one will be missing the playoffs? I think Washington misses the playoffs. I'm still going to roll with the Giants. I don't, while yes, they are talent depleted on the outside and they're dealing with some injuries. Uh, I don't believe they're a bad football team. I think they've played some close games. I think they'll find ways to win. I think they might split with Washington. I think they might split with the Eagles and I think they'll take one from the Colts as well. I don't know how that Vikings game might, that could be a trap game for the Vikings thinking that they're going to run away with a, a number one spot. I really do believe the Giants are a good team. They're well coached. Daniel Jones isn't playing terrible football. It'd be nice if Odell, I know Odell has a visit to Dallas apparently on Monday. So that's probably a done deal. But if somehow, some way they could have, they could lure him to, to the Meadowlands, that would go a long way to helping develop Daniel Jones and, further make this Giants offense 
more potent because they they definitely need a boost. Oh my god, that's such a stupid argument. But listen, the Giants are finishing nine and eight to end the season. They easily can be eight and nine. Okay. Um the Washington Commanders are not making the playoffs. And it's going to be the Eagles and Cowboys making the playoffs of the NFC East. But I'm done talking about this topic because it's just it's ridiculous the things that come out of John's mouth sometimes when it comes to like I don't know. It's just everybody deserves an, a participation. That's what John lives in. So People, I, I actually am a big like it's oh yeah, not a, you, not a big participation okay. award guy. Good. I think they're terrible. Good. Here's a crazy stat, guys. The Giants this year are seven and four, and their net rating, you know, the plus minus, they're just a plus three. After these two losses, versus the Cowboys lost by eight, and the Lions they lost eighteen to thirty-one, so thirteen point deficit. I think the Commanders making the playoffs. Their defense this year has gotten better and better, stopping the run. I love Cameron Carl. And now they're getting Chase Young back this week. He's not played yet this season, coming off of his tour in ACL last year. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit concerned with Chase because in year two, he didn't share that development of any tears his ACL. So it feels like this is a washed year between the Giants and the Commanders. They play each other December 4th. I think this Commanders team rolls into the playoffs, and Ron Rivera has his first winning season in Washington. For this slate that they have, you got the Giants, on December 4th, then the Eagles, the second time they played them. Then you got the Giants again on December 18th, the Vikings, the Colts, and the Eagles. I think they win four of those games. I think they beat the Vikings on the road. I think they beat the Colts. I'm looking at the run schedule. I'm looking at the Giants schedule. That's the issue here. So the Giants, they had to play the Commanders twice. Then they had the Eagles and the Vikings. And the last two games of the season for them, they're playing Indianapolis at home. And then they had the Eagles week 18 on January 8th. So I made a mistake there. The Giants' schedule is pretty tough. And I think for them, whereas the Commanders would win four of those games, they're probably going to win two or three. And I think this season is going to come out until the last week between these two teams. And the Commanders sneak in. They're 6-5 and five right now. But look, 10 wins. 10-7 in the season. I think that's a realistic outcome for them. For me, a lot has to go well. I Washington started off the season ugly. Yes, they're riding high. That's a lot of momentum for them to get 10 wins. That's a lot. That means you're guaranteeing they'll probably sweep the Giants. Oh, I think they beat the Giants both times. No respect for Brian Devils. Dory Jackson for the season. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, franchise quarterback, though. Yeah, I mean, I think Daniel Jones will play well, but the Giants defensively have had a lot of issues this year. Kayvon Thibodeau even was banged up in that Cowboys game. I think for New York, they finished the year with nine wins. And they just miss out on the playoffs as one of the above 500 teams. Next game up, guys, your Patriot fans. We're going to jump right into that, all right? I felt like Mac Jones yesterday played one of his best games of his career. Until, the of best. course, the, he, the best. That's I wasn't going to go that far. But you guys watch more of his games. Until the offense, of course, fizzled out at the end. <sighs> Kirk Cousins, guys, gets himself a Thanksgiving W. The first one for him since Washington. And I... I just want to ask you two guys, when you watch this game, right, for the Vikings to come off of a loss like they did last week at home against the Cowboys, does this type of win make you think a little bit differently about the Patriots and then for the Vikings, do you have a little more confidence in them to pull out this victory against Bill Belichick at home? No. I'm still not on, on Kirk. Uh, I mean, Brandon jumped on, jumped the gun a little early when he started to – he was texting us about primetime Kirk, primetime Kirk. Um, Vikings are a good team, yeah. But like the Eagles, they've proved themselves to be also very vulnerable. This was a game that they should have lost. They didn't win this game. The Patriots lost it. Uh, there was a lot of things the Patriots did wrong, and at the same time, the refs coupled into it is a recipe for disaster. So Don't blame on the refs. I'm not blaming. I'm saying that's why I'm not blaming the refs entirely. No, no I mean, I'm saying when let's, they're bad. Let's, let's let's like let's be legitly honest though. Like about these calls that were made last last night, they were egregious. The the refs called a terrible game. They called a terrible terrible game. They did. They missed a face mask on Mac Jones. Okay, 
blatant. And if we're going to call defenseless receiver on Adam Phelan, was Nelson Aguilar not a defenseless receiver when he got jacked in the back by the defensive back late in the fourth quarter? To be fair to Thielen, he was taking some vicious shots in that game. I know, but I'm, I, that, you still don't call the game differently because somebody's taking more vicious shot, shots. You, I'm you just call it fair. Fair is fair. Everything's supposed to be fair in this game. As a Steeler fan, I watched that game to myself. <laughs> this right here is just as served. I'm going to go back to the 2017 season and the Jesse James catch on the goal line, okay, and that wasn't going to be ruled in the but, Steelers' favor. Then you know what? Four years out, five years after the fact, you guys had this coming. That didn't cost us the game, though. That, it, that's it not didn't. what cost us. It didn't. No, because there's still like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, John. That catch was in the third quarter. The the Hunter Henry touchdown. That was in the third, middle of the third. Oh, okay, Maybe okay. Not. But that, again, you're still making my point even more then. Like in the middle of the third quarter. I'm just happy that, you know. What happened, what, I, I, will do, I will say this. The refs weren't fully to blame for the game, but they did call a terrible, terrible game. Okay? You guys they lost did. the game now. Let's talk what, about special teams, what, what, the, what, That's, okay. The special teams is the number one thing that lost us the game. Okay, because Easily. turned into two touchdown scores, I believe. The uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, another blown call by the referees, though, on Kyle Duggar that was getting held and he didn't get called. Another terrible uh, no call. And the uh, guy running into the punter. I hate I hate that call. As a, If I was a coach, and I, I'm not qualified to be a coach, but I would just never go for a pump block. They are so few and far between that happen, and the risk is so high. It, it can be five. It can be fifth. You could have a fourth and 15. You hit the punter the wrong way, first down, automatic first down. I just – I don't agree. Like, guys got – and I think he was a rookie, so he just made a rookie rookie mistake. Kyle Duggar was playing a bad game all game too. The defense didn't pl- live up to the um, uh, uh, play up to the par that we all expect them to. Matthew Judon, for how great I've talked about him, he looked a little lethargic. He didn't look like the same ferocity from a, a Matthew Judon. It, it could have something to do with the four only the four-day rest. But the defense just didn't play that great. Jonathan, and I said primetime, Kirk, yeah. Kirk should have had two interceptions this game. Again, if we're going to, like, Jonathan Jones jumped his route early, I believe even before the first interception uh, on, on like, a a hitch or curl route on Justin Jefferson. But for how great Jonathan Jones is, the one thing, and I said it before the season, I've said it, it's the height that's going to get him. He's got the talent to match up with the Justin Jefferson. He was there basically all night. He's just 5'10", and this guy's 6'4". It's just it's not going to be a great uh, great matchup. But he did a, a decent, obviously, 118 yards that's, or whatever it was. But he did as best as he could with the height advantage and the physical differences between the two guys. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, oh and one more thing before you go, Justin. Goddamn Coach Pencil, dude. This is like his thing. It's in his DNA. He has to he has to call one or two terrible plays a drive. He has to. It's in his DNA. He just has to do it. And it has to be in the red zone, too. One of them has to be in the red zone. First and goal. Why the hell are we going five wide out and throwing to Ramon? What are we doing? He's playing Madden out there, bro. The ball. That's really the- what it is. I feel like, Justin, you jump in. I, I want to dig into Coach Pencil in that last minute because mm-hmm. as a moron that accidentally didn't switch his pick from New England to Minnesota – I was yelling at my television to how abysmal that last drive was. Yeah, no timeouts. I really don't care. That was pathetic. No. No, you know, it's bottom line is we just left too much on the field against a playoff caliber team. That's really it. You know, defense wasn't great. Special teams wasn't great. Refs weren't good. Um, Too many gaps on special team. It was a great game offensively for Mac Jones, but ultimately a tough result. That's and by the way, can we stop kicking field goals on fourth and one in a, in a high scoring game? Can we just stop? We have the backs that can run. We can make a play. Like I want to play aggressive. I'm, I'm tired of this crap, man. Stop settling. That was a game that we should have won. As I said, we lost that game. Minnesota did not beat us. We gave them the game, and that's the problem. I feel like this has been a, a ongoing thing since 2020 with the Patriots going way back to the Seattle game with Cam Newton and them. We should be winning these games. I don't know what it is about us, but when it comes to these close games, I lose all confidence. I lose all confidence. 
don't know if I, I get a <coughs> coaching right there. It's because we have. It's because we don't have our guy. But it's okay. But Mac Jones. Let's talk about his stats in this game because him and Ramondre Stevenson were terrific. Ramondre That's seven well. nine catches, seventy six yards. Mac Jones three eighty two, no picks, only a fifty six QBR and two touchdowns. In the red zone, the Patriots this year have not been very good. And I was surprised in this game, only 12 carries between Harris, who left the game, and Stevenson. Stevenson's a workhorse. The body control, the contact balance, not the body control, the contact balance in that guy and the, the pure power is beyond. He's become a great wide receiver as out of the, uh, not wide receiver, great receiver out of the backfield. Those one-handed catches, he just makes them like on command at least three times a game. Uh, but yeah, Mac played a great game. I don't think it was one of his, I don't think it, it was one of his best games. I don't think it was his best, like Justin said. I was looking at a couple games uh, earlier today if he's played. Uh, that Jacksonville game he played last year where I think we put a 50-burger on there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans game from last year. I, I guess I'm more so just pointing out him, you know, playbook being open, him being allowed to throw the football. Three okay, no, two, no. That, that's – it gave yeah, me room yeah. for optimism with him throwing. It, it is. He, he, looked, he, looked, he looked very well. The opening drive was great. I mean, that Nelson Aguilar uh, throw – uh, suck Jacoby Myers was getting banged up like almost every single play. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we look, be- we look good. And, and, you know, there, and then there were a couple, uh, you know, knucklehead decisions that the Patriots players made themselves. You know, obviously Hunter Henry uh, uh, right before halftime not going out of bounds, freaking trying to, like, what are you an idiot or are you just stupid? Like, what are we doing, bro? It's right there. You're running out of bounds and you decide, no, nah, I'm going to cut him. Yeah, Take us waste of time out or it, it, it was just, you know. Talking about the end of this game, I was pretty frustrated that as a team with the greatest coach of all time, I would think you have a set build in, three plays to win the game, right? We're down by seven points, shots downfield, outside the boundary, get out of bounds. I want to give a special shout out to Patrick Peterson, who made probably the, the craziest play of the game. Mac Jones makes a very good pass outside the boundary, and it's caught by Devontae Parker. No, Andrew Bourne. And Patrick Peterson swoops in from behind, gets the angle from outside of bounds, and tackles him in to keep the clock moving with it was about 20-some-odd seconds left. And that play was tremendous. In that game, he was only targeted twice, the second of which was that garbage time catch, which he saved for Matt Patricia, man. I mean, what are we doing here? Throwing us in the middle of the field when we have no timeouts in 45 seconds? I mean, of course, it's on Mac Jones making the decision. You should have some sort of route concepts for a situation like that where you have three or four plays, we need to get out of bounds, and just move the football. It was so pathetic those last few drives, how still it was. And I felt like for Minnesota's front, they played a very conservative game up ahead. I was a little bit disappointed with Kevin O'Connell not taking shots, but this was a very good game at the end. I was surprised because there's no storyline between Minnesota and New England. But at the end, this game went down to the wire. And I feel like as Patriot fans, you have to look at this game and really feel good about the way you looked in the first three quarters. Or just outside special teams, really. Yeah, I, I feel good, but at the end of the day, like I said, when it comes down to these close games, I don't trust that we have it in us to pull out a victory. This is why even even Brandon said it. When Mac went down, it felt like the season was a wash. And while he's back, and we can potentially make the playoffs with a brutal schedule to close it, um, even then, our quarterback has not progressed outside of this game. This is probably his best game of the season. Um we have a lot of concerns, and it all starts out with coaching. So this offseason, mm-hmm. as New Englanders, what is the biggest priority now that we know Josh McDaniels probably going to spend a second year in Vegas because of the financial ruins they're in? What is the move here for the Pats? Bring, it, bring in Bill O'Brien. Get yeah. rid of Matt Patricia. You don't have to fire Matt Patricia, but just move him to another position. Bring in Bill O'Brien. Uh Either draft a number one or sign a number one or trade for number one because, like I've said, we have a top five cap space. Uh, and just sure up some holes um, on the offense. I mean, I think a number one wide receiver is really going to open up the uh, 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 field for Mac a lot more. Having Bill O'Brien is going to open up the playbook a lot more, have a lot more trust in him, get actual good advice. Um, and, yeah, you can sure up some holes on the defensive end if you want to, you know, linebacking core maybe another pass rusher. We've got the tools to uh, to be real contenders. I'm talking real contenders next year. Yeah, that, that's really it. Get what he said. Get an OC, bring in a game changer, whoever, whomever that may be. I don't know if he's out there right now or if uh, it has to be drafted, but something has to get done. 
At receiver, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar are both unrestricted free agents. Myers is going to get a crazy payday. He's one of the top two receivers with like him and a couple of other guys or an offseason from now. I think for New England, you have to prioritize keeping Myers, and I think you're not going to find that receiver through a trade right now. I don't know if there's that guy in the market. You drafted Tyquan Thornton last year at Baylor in the second. I think in the first round of the pass, should go receiver. Whether it may be they move up for a Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, or a Jackson Smith and Bikita is falling to them around the late teens, you have to prioritize that because ultimately, for Mac, he needs the OC. Frank Reich could be a potential candidate if he wants to go to New England. And the issues in New England are very fixable. Explosiveness and just competent play calling. But it's much easier said than done if Belichick doesn't want to actually invest into the right OC, which who knows what Bill Belichick's thinking? I don't think any of us can get a good idea. No. How about Josh, uh, Josh Allen, by the way, Brent? Uh, winning the game, 23 seconds. That's all he needs to in the fourth quarter. Get his team a W. Do you want to talk about that game? Because I was pretty impressed with the way he was able to respond after a sluggish, um, sluggish start. I mean, I'll just quick hit it. I mean, I'm still not sold on Josh Allen. Uh, and I think this team is starting to get exposed a little bit. Uh, the injuries, the injury bug is coming. Uh, Micah Hyatt's been is out for the season. Jordan, Jordan Poyer is in and out of the lineup. Uh, Trey White just came back from his ACL injury. He's still not going to be right. Uh, Josh Allen with the UCL, and you see it on plays throughout the game. The passes are just not getting there. They're off target. Um, and you don't want that happening late in the game when it's on a game-winning drive, and he's missing a throw because of the injury. And then the big one, Von Miller. Uh, it's not confirmed yet, but it's looking like possibly a torn meniscus. Uh, he's going to need surgery, but the de the decision is going to be, I think, in a week or two, they're going to decide, do we have the surgery now, or is he going to put like a brace on it and play through it? And even if he does, how much of Von Miller are you really going to get? I don't think much. I think the Bills are not the Super Bowl favorites that everybody predicted them to be anymore. I think the Chiefs have taken that spot in the AFC. Agree. And uh, – yeah, I just think the injury bug is coming for the. I, I have the Bills finishing twelve and five to uh, finish the season. I still have them splitting with New England, and I have them losing to Cincinnati. But other than that, they're going to win the other games that they play. You know, I, I I'll, I'll stick with Buffalo. I, that's been a team I've been riding high on. It hasn't looked pretty of late. Uh, concerns with Josh Allen's arm. That's something that needs rest, and he's going out there week to week throwing forty plus passes. That's not a recipe for, you know, for health. I don't think his arm's going to get better from doing that. But I think they have the talent. It was nice to see Isaiah McKenzie get some love out there. He looked very good. Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. And Devin Singletary is rushing the ball a little bit more. Still, Josh Allen is, is the number one leading rusher on that team. But it's good to see Devin Singletary getting the, the reps up there come December. It's getting colder. You want to go to the run game more. Um, but forget about the Bills. Yeah, it's an impressive win that they came back. But shouts out to the Lions playing a tough game. They were not favored to even be close. I think uh, the spread was, was what, minus nine and a half in favor of Buffalo. So they played a hell of a game. Jared Goff seems to be really settling into that system. Amon Ra St. Brown is an absolute monster. And just, just going to say this, man, Jamison Williams might be coming back next week. So – what the Lions offense can be is going to be very scary. I can promise that. So I'm really looking forward to see what they are. And if I'm not mistaken, the Detroit Lions, two first round picks this year, right? They have the Rams and their own, and the Rams is going to be a possible top 10 pick. It is number six overall right now. It's They're looking, to me. The, the Lions future is looking nice. They had a good draft last year. Their O-line is better. Um, great. Obviously, they got great Yeah, great. So yep. – I mean, sure up a little bit of the defense. I think maybe they go two top two picks. I think they go defense probably, right? Here's the thing. That defense has looked much better. No Jeff Akuda yesterday. Akuda was one of those players coming into the season. We all said, big mm -hmm. time season. Missed last year. Disappointed first season. This is his first time really being coached. And when you look at the lines, they're a quarterback away. Amon Ross St. Brown is breaking out into a bona fide star. Give him some time, sure. But with DJ Chark, with him healthy, that vertical presence, and then Jamison Williams come back to the mix. That receiving tandem is special. Then shout out to Jamal Williams. 13 touchdowns this year. Leads the, the NFL. Hits 13 coming to the season. I'm not a very big DeAndre Swift guy. He doesn't run up field. Down the field, not the most reliable pass catcher. I look at this Detroit team and say, 
I want to go quarterback this year. I would continue to invest on that defensive front. Hawkinson showing more and more. And with Rodriguez's breakout, they are the third round safety as well as played very well. Three picks in the season. The Lions really are forming a complete team. And we've seen them in 2021 and 2022 avoid going corner because they're following the philosophy of build a great team. And then much like Kansas City and a Seattle, when you have a special team and you get that quarterback in the rookie contract and he develops, oh, it is over. The flip side is look at a position like the Jets, but that quarterback doesn't develop. So I think for the Lions, I would wait until next year where a Drake May out of UNC or a Caleb Williams out of USC are going to be probably two of the best quarterback prospects in recent seasons. And I would target one of those two guys. So I would this year from the Lions, just go defensive line, add up there, stock it all up. And then, of course, the Bills, guys. The issue with the, Detroit, the Buffalo Bills, it's not Josh Allen. It's how much is on his plate. Jay Ray, you hit it. This team has taken running backs. Zach Moss, James Cook, and Devin Singletary is good, but he's not a game changer. 14 for 78 yesterday. He broke off a 19-yard run. They're not going to the run enough. And I ask myself, if this team had Ramondre Stevenson, or better yet, Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker, one of these game-changing running backs, how much more dynamic would this offense look? You have the receiving weapons, we know what they can do through the air. But on the ground, Buffalo needs to form that identity. And Josh Allen taking all these hits, rushing the football, and then how many times he's throwing the ball. There's too much on his plate, quite frankly. And for Buffalo, too, to lose Von Miller when Trey White just comes back. It's a tough blow, but I feel like for a team that's showing the resiliency of the season through all these injuries, I still think Buffalo makes it back to the AC Championship game. And the last thing I want to say, four or five weeks ago, we we're all saying, it was Buffalo and Kansas City, then the rest of the NFL. One or two single injuries change all of that. So in the NFL, we can say that in week five or six, but the reality is it's always changing. And whatever we think is going to be the AC Championship game or the Super Bowl matchup almost never is. So that's my takeaway right now. I never said, I never said the Bills were in that category for me. That was you guys. We, um, yeah, you guys said it. I, well, I, you I, asked the Chargers getting to that. Yeah, yeah, the Chargers and the uh, Bengals, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chargers pick. Listen, I've been saying it. NFL, yo, NFL changes every week. I mean, everything. I mean, I, I, everything John just said. Basically, I said before the season, and I was told those are no concerns. But but you put a lot of the blame and the pressure on Allen when really it should go to. The He's the one team. taking off and running. He has He's to. He's the one. A lot of the time. responsibility. That's in the job description, and it shouldn't be in the job description. Not, it shouldn't be in the job. It's not in the do- job description. And a Buffalo apparently is. No, it's because he can do it, but doesn't mean you have to take the unnecessary hits that he takes. That's his problem. He takes unnecessary hits. No, he's healthy. His arm is the only problem. He looks healthy on that 40-yard bomb on a freaking rope to Stefan Diggs yesterday and he got on the dub. But, I mean, this Buffalo team has questions, and in the AFC, there's a real chance Cincinnati or Tennessee could surprise us. Baltimore as well. Baltimore's got top 10 offense and defense. I feel like we've overlooked them. Brand or Jay Ray, you haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all that being said, is there anything else you guys would like to say before we wrap this thing up on a bell? On to pick them. On to that. Quick. Let's go one minute or less rapid fire rounds. NFL pick them week 12 edition. Coming into this game, I think all of us went 23. We, we all picked the Pats. And that mm-hmm. was a, a fool's errand because the Vikings are the better team. So, Coming on up right after that, Buccaneers at Cleveland. I've got the Bucks taking this game. Deshaun Watson, though, is coming back after this one. Yeah. I've got I've got Bucks too. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Tom Brady. Schedule's very easy ending the season, so there's a real can- case they can give a roll on for the postseason. Next game up, Cincinnati at Tennessee. I think this is going to be a close affair. Rematch of last year's playoff luck. I do have the Bengals. We'll see who Jamar Chase can play. I am actually rolling with Tennessee. I've disrespected them enough. I think this is the home game. I'm going to give them the edge. It's a, it, it literally is a, a pick them game. Um, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Cincinnati. But I can easily see Tennessee taking this game. Chase, game time decision trending toward game time, at least, with his hip injury. And Joe Mixon's also in concussion protocol. He's out. No, he's out for the game, actually. I got the report. He's missing the game. Chase, just before? Yeah. No, 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 no. Mixon. Mixon's out for the game. Yeah, because I wouldn't imagine him to. And then next game up, Tennessee, or not Tennessee, the Texans at Miami. This can be a fiery game. I see the Texans keeping this a little bit closer than we'd imagine, but I'm going with Miami Dolphins. The only fire that's happening is the fire coming out of uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle's feet because they're going to burn him. 
I'm going to go with Miami. How about the yeah, fire number one overall pick? That too. I'm going to take Miami. They're a cool 14-point favorite. I don't think yeah. they cover. Next game up, Chicago at New York Jets. Jets, six-point favorites. Bears, Justin Fields, rotator cuff injury or this this shoulder injury. Uh, he's in a lot of pain. If I were Chicago, I wouldn't pay just, play Justin Fields this week. The Bears should be looking at the draft. They don't have their second-round pick. I would focus on gaining talent there. So I had the Jets win in this game. Mike White is making a start because Zachary Wilson will be uh, an inactive action on the game there. Yeah, Joe Flacco is the backup. Take flight, Mike White. I'm going with the Jets. By the way, random. Yo, somebody in my fantasy league in one of my leagues dropped Justin Fields. So I, I added him. <laughs> I, don't think um, I don't think it was randomly. I think they saw the report of the, the shoulder engine. They were like, yeah. I, uh, I mean, but. Uh, but I'll take, I'll take, um, I'm going to take the Jets. They should win this game. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Jets. Safe pick. That is my lock of the week. Jet. Oh, my, last time Mike White played, he had four picks. That's not my lock yet. I have one more. Atlanta at Washington. Commanders four-point favorites. I've got the Commanders. I trust that team more right now. I'm rolling with Atlanta. <laughs> this guy, John, over here. The Falcons are going to win the NFC South a couple weeks ago, but now I trust the Washington Commanders. I said they're in first place. No, you said they were going to win the division. Stop it. Um, the Commanders are going to win this game. I got the Commanders. Russell Wilson's been a train wreck this year. So is the Panthers quarterback. No matter who it's been, outside P.J. White and Baker Mayfield. Brands. He's this week. No, Sam Donald is. Sam. Sam the man. Ah, this is like the stupidest game. Of the I don't care who wins. Let's go with the... Let's go with the Broncos, one-point favorite. Both of these teams are a disaster. Does Nathaniel Hackett make it through the season? Because I have a hard time seeing the last six weeks with this guy. I think he does make it through the season. I think they pulled this one out, too. We know what Sam Donald is. This is a win. Yeah, Hackett's going to stay, but he can't hack it after the season, probably. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos. Both offenses are bad. Both defenses are good. Broncos' defense is a little uh, – they're Elite better. Top five. They're, they're better. So uh, I'll take the Denver Broncos. Broncos have a great defensive coordinator. Shout out to him. Now, I do want to say, NFC, AFC West, excuse me. We got Stale Staley. We got Nathaniel Can't Hack It. And then Josh McDaniels, just like a dumpster fire. And then there's Andy Reid. I told you I'll come at this season. Do not doubt Andy. If, if only some people would have listened. I think both of you two did. Next game up, Baltimore at Jacksonville. Ravens, three and a half point favorites on the road. This is a tough game. I do think the Ravens can lose this one. And in fact, I'm going with the Jaguars pulling off the upset. This is my lock of the week. I'm going Baltimore. It's interesting because I also picked Jacksonville to win this game too. Mm -hmm. I just think this is kind of a game that the Ravens can uh, lose. Uh, it's in Jacksonville. I don't know the conditions, but I think Jacksonville, they've been playing good. Uh, uh, Travis Etienne, you can eat men. Two teams that really struggle in the fourth quarter. Next game up, uh, another not, not a great game. Chargers at Arizona. Uh, I'm going to actually one. it's Chargers three point favorites. Whether or not Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy starting, I feel the same way at this Cardinals team. I'm going with the Chargers getting their season back up because they're a better group than five and five. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year as a, a wild card spot. And you know what? I'm just going to round Justin Herbert here. Yeah, same here. I mean, this is a team that should have beaten the Chiefs twice already. I'm going to roll with the Chargers. They're the better team. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Even I think Kyler's going to be back, but I, I think I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, I think they do sneak in the playoffs too. Sean Payton reportedly is uh, keeping his eye out on the Chargers and Cardinals job. If I were him, I would stay so far away from Arizona. I wouldn't want to coach Kyler, but I would want to coach Justin Herbert. And for y'all, could you imagine Sean Payton in, in Los Angeles? I think that would be perfect. That would be awesome. A lot of teams could also use him, so it's easier said than done. Um, next team or next game up, the Raiders at Seattle. Seattle three-and-a-half-point favorites coming off of the bye. I feel like for the Hawks, a lot of people looked at them and that loss in London, and honestly, I just feel like they didn't wake up in time. Or the loss in Germany, excuse me. And I had the Seahawks winning this game, bringing the Raiders down to three-and-eight. I am going with the Raiders. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. What is wrong with you? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I keep on picking them, and sometimes they prove me right. Sometimes they prove me wrong. 
but this seems like this is a game that I can see the Raiders actually squeezing out. They beat the Broncos. They should have won. They should have a lot more wins than what they actually do have. But I don't think the Seahawks are as good as John usually gives them credit for. So I'm going to go Raiders. Upset. Yeah, should have, could have, would I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. You're out of your mind. The fact you're going, okay. You know what? You have to make some, catch up some. I, listen, yeah. listen. I, I hit on my upset picks. I, I say that with confidence. Okay. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you, do. Yeah. you know what? Time out. Yeah. Lock of the week right here. Raiders upset Seattle in Seattle. It could be worse. He could be locking Bryce Perkins to go into Arrowhead Stadium as a 15.5-point favorite and winning that Ooh. game, which um, Chiefs or Rams this week, Matthew Stafford in concussion protocol, no Cooper Cup. It's pretty straightforward. The Rams season is over, and they're probably going to get the Lions a top five pick. So I'll go with Kansas City. And yeah, this is just a rough disaster class of a season for the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas City. This is feels so bad for this team. They have no picks. Jeez. They did that themselves. All, all this for nothing. F them picks. Yep. Hey. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs, though. I mean, this is, it's going to be, I think this is going to be bad. New Orleans at San Francisco. The Niners are nine and a half point favorites. I'm rolling with Jimmy G. He wins games, B-Cap, but you know who doesn't? Dennis Allen. Who do you think I'm picking? Stop. stop. You're not taking the, the Saints over your 49ers, are you? No, of course not. I said the 49ers oh, ain't losing a single game the rest of the way. I don't know. You just um, took Josh McDaniels to be Pete Carroll, so I'm not sure what you, what's going I, I can't wait to come on the show on Monday and laugh when I'm right. You won't be. I'm. I'm taking. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking the 49ers. Uh, yeah, not much said. Aaron Rodgers came out this week and said he's been playing with a broken finger since week five. Broken thumb. Thumb specifically. I thought he said index in his press conference after the thumb report. Not the point. The Eagles are six and a half point favorite Sunday Night Football on NBC. I'm rolling with Jalen Hurts. But a couple of questionable weeks, right? They barely squeak one out against the Colts, and the Commanders lost was a wake up call. But, dude, I just don't trust this Packers team. Shout out to Christian Watson and Quay Walker, who have both played much better after being abysmal the last the first 10 weeks of the season. It's starting to seem like the Packers have an amazing defense and probably the worst defensive coordinator in football. This guy was the coach of the 0-16 Lions. And right now, he's not even playing man-to-man coverage with these Packers corners. It's an absolute travesty what Barry, whatever his first name is, is doing with the Packers. They need a new D.C., and if they don't get one, the floor should be on the hot seat. I'm going upset here. I'm rolling with Green Bay. Green Bay is going into Philadelphia and squeezing out a win. Okay. I don't know, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I don't no. think it's that unrealistic for Aaron Rodgers to pull out a big one. So, Adrian Brown's going to put up a day. Yeah. Um. I I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Aaron Rodgers goes in there and wins. I think I picked the the Packers to beat the Eagles before the season uh, for this game, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Eagles. A little bit of a safer pick. But I can easily see the Packers winning this game, Justin. This is my lock of the week, boys. Joe Barry, I don't trust him that much. And Aaron Rodgers, yes, he's played well. This Packers team is going to find a way to lose. And with this Eagle secondary, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I forgot his name to start this show. What an embarrassment. He has six picks this year. They're going to make a lot of plays, and I feel like they're going to stop the run. Last game of the week. Oh, boy. Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Indianapolis to face off against Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan. And you already know the deal. Um, okay, how do I say this? I have the Colts winning, and I really want the Steelers to win this game because TJ Watt looked awesome the last two weeks. This is a tough one. It's going to be a good game, in my opinion. I go back and forth. I just, there, there's something about Matt Canada finding a way to lose the Steelers game. Last week, Jermaine Pratt, the Bengals linebacker, after they won against the Steelers, said, yeah, we basically knew what their plays were in the second half. They just kept doing the same plays over and over and over again. And the route concepts, they're not the most creative. They sometimes work to start games. The two worst coordinators in football, I believe, are Matt Canada, the Steelers, and Joe, what's his name? Joe Barry, Joe Brady? I, I don't care. They're both terrible. Joe Barry, that's his name. Matt Patricia blows you guys out of the water. Matt Patricia, actually, he's a cluster in there. <laughs> no one else I'm forgetting, let me know. The Steelers just have an abysmal OC, and I feel like they're kind of failing Kenny Pickett. Too many third lawns, the running game is inconsistent. George Pickens is a great player. He had a drop last week. I'm going with the Colts, and I just don't feel great about that, man. It's kind of sad. It really is I, sad. I thought you were going to pick the Steelers, so I thought I was going to disappoint you by my pick. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going with the Colts this week. They played some close games, man. 
and they really should have three wins in their last four, but things don't happen to work out that way for them. But I think they uh, pull this one out at home. Now Jeff Saturday turned to Jeff Sunday, and he's, but this is Jeff Monday. Oh, Monday. He's going to be, Monday. he's, he's going to be a stop it. Just, just terrible, 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 terrible. The Indianapolis Colts are going to take this. The Colts are going to take this game. It's really sad that Matt Canis, my team's OC. With all that being said, thank you for watching. Staying to the very end of episode. Have a happy belated Thanksgiving. I said that wrong. Happy Black Friday, guys. Go shopping. Go broke. And as always, we'll see you next time. Stay classy.